Welcome to this week's episode of Pally Talk Scoff, episode 144. Um, thank you all for pressing play thus far. As we speak, I'm prepping to go to America, if I'm not in America already. And hopefully we'll have a couple of episodes coming in the next couple of weeks, which are absolute fire. So none of this would be possible if you didn't press play. So thank you all for pressing play every week and for sharing the show and for leaving your podcast reviews. And of course, the show is powered by Four Golf Custom, those beautiful people in Clean Castle who fit people like this guy on the PGA Tour. Hey, I'm Seamus Power on the PGA Tour. If you're looking for the best golf club reviews out there on YouTube, just check out the guys at Four Golf Custom. They've custom fit my golf clubs for years and they're the best in the business. So it's not just Seamus and Co. that get fit or get consulted for by um, Derek and Dave and Co. in Forgolf Custom, but everybody up and down the country and across Europe uh, and further afield come fly into Ireland. So he's actually supporting the wider economy there in uh, hospitality and getting people over getting fit. So yeah, no matter what your handicap, please do check them out. Forgolf.e forward slash booking. You can head down to the show notes below and hit the link there as well. But it's not just custom feeding. They also have one of the best YouTube channels going for all your club reviews. So check them out. Tell them. Put a Paddy sent me in some of their video comments. This week, it's actually recorded prior during Christmas week when she was home. One of the stalwarts of uh, women's golf in the country. Big things coming for this lady for sure. It's Sarah Byrne from Douglas down in Miami Dolphin these days so she's from Cork or is she in Miami Dolphin either way let's hear all about her roll it there Colette I am. Where are you from? I am originally from Douglas in Cork. <laughs> and you're in Cartoon now, but once alone, we'll still say it's Douglas. What was it like? Yes, um, still Douglas. Compare Miami to Douglas or compare Miami to Cork. Um, a little bit different, just in least. Um, in every aspect, to be quite honest. Um, first of all, I think weather is number one. It's always warm and sunny over there. It's kind of quite the opposite over here, so that's kind of great for golf. Um, and then, like, social life is a bit probably a bit different. Miami's crazy. Um, there's a lot of things going on all the time. Um, but it's it's pretty it's pretty fun. I enjoy it over there, but I always do love coming back home again to see everyone. No, I don't. So before we get stuck into Miami and um what what's the the team name? The Miami uh, Hurricanes. Hurricanes, there we go. I, I always try and track these things with uh the state devils with Beck Culture and I don't know the Wake Forest are for Lauren Watches. The Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Demon Deacons. I always forget that one. But um what is your earliest memory of golf, Sarah? Um, probably just like going to the range with my dad, but probably one of the 
ones where I really think I like fell in love with the game was I actually was caddying for my dad in the Killarney Scratch Cup. I say I was probably around eight and he actually won. And I think that's when I was like, wow, actually, this is fun. I like this. But I kind of, I liked caddying and all, but I definitely like, I was like, no, I want to be playing. I want to be the one winning. So. Did you get a my wadi in, in, in Clanny after? Yeah. I did <laughs> indeed. Got paid in my wadis and, and uh, hot lips crisps. That's what I got paid when I was a kid. Um, so eight. And then when did you kind of, when did you go, okay, I want to go, I want to go play this? Because I remember when I was about, I don't know, I was about 10 and went to go see Claire Hurling play Galway in Galway and they got absolutely hammered, absolutely annihilated, like 16, 17 points. And I turned around as like a 10-year-old says, Dad, I'm going to start playing Hurling because they need help. So that, that was why I went playing Hurling, right? So why, why, so you wanted to go winning, so... Were you bother your parents? Did or did you just keep asking? Like, what got you into golf then after that? Um, and I think since my dad obviously played, um, it was like I had always been playing kind of. So, but I think I played my first like golf Ireland comp like competition when I was ten. I played the okay. Connacht girls, and that's just like I just loved it. And since then, I just knew that this is what I wanted to do. Oh, brilliant. That's brilliant. So what would the handicap would have been at around 10 then to play in something like that for any girls listening or any, any, um, any boys I, listening I, I start, to think, started, how good do I need to be? I started off at 36. Like I went off at 36 and I think I got down to, um, I think I could have gotten down to like 30 um, my first year. And then I think the year after I got down to like 24 or something. I kind of took yeah. a big jump within a year. So after about like 20 to 24, you were in the kind of girls, decent, decent. Mm-hmm. Being from Cork, I'm assuming there was other sports involved growing up. Um, yeah, I actually did Irish dancing for a long time. And I don't I tell played... anyone now, I, I did as well until I was about 10. <laughs> from when I was 7 to about 10, and I have Claire medals, Munster medals. Don't ask me to, I only bring it out now at weddings, <laughs> and my wife is like, how do you know how to dance? Oh yeah, Irish dancing. So you're pretty much then for the gobsling then if you're Irish dancing. Yeah, but then the freshers started kind of uh, clashing with golf competitions, and I think we had to make a decision. And I was much better at golf than I was at Irish dancing, so I I started (laughs) giving that one up fairly quickly. So it was an easy decision for you, golf. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what, what what was the journey like through your teenage years then in terms of getting tuition? Was it your dad teaching you or did you go locally or, or what was the story? Um, well, I had always started off with Stephen Hayes. Uh, he was the club pro at Douglas Golf Club at the time. Um, and I went to him until I was probably about 14. Um, and my dad has always been heavily involved in um, my golf and he would come to a lot of my lessons. Now, he's not specifically my golf coach, but he helps out with like after, like in between like golf lessons and stuff like Reminding. that. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, when I was 14, I actually switched to Fred Toomey and I've been with him ever since. So down in Muscree there. And um, yeah, again, like it's like Fred and then my dad kind of helps out along the way as well. Oh, nice. So you got quite good then, didn't you? 
Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Got a bit better bit. anyway. <laughs> so a couple of years on, then you win something small called is it like the Irish Plus when you're like seventeen? Yeah, I did do that. So in that was it. Was that in um, Ross's? Or in a scroll? In a scroll. In a scroll. Yeah. In a scroll. Two thousand eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Twenty eighteen. In in some of the best weather ever. Yeah, it was great yeah. fun. It was like, the the final was just amazing. Just pour it like the, it was windy all week, and barely any rain. And then the final happens, pours down rain, zero wind, different golf course. I was like, what <laughs> is happening? Going into that week, like as a seventeen year old, what were your expectations? Like you were like, yeah, I'm going to win this thing, or you're like, it's great to play in it. Like, which side um, of the spectrum are you at? Probably more, like probably more in the middle. I wasn't. Um, obviously I wanted to do well, but I think I wasn't really quite expecting to win it. Um, but I obviously was, I feel like when it comes to match play, anything can happen. So I kind of was like, oh, we'll just try like win one or two matches. And then it just kept going. But I think once I got past the quarterfinals and I was, we had to like book an extra night in the hotel and stuff like that. It was just like, okay, like now I, obviously I wanted to win, but I was just ecstatic that I was that far there, you know? No, of course, of course. Around that time, was it, were you like, was it transition year maybe? Were you in leave insert at 17? Were you looking at colleges? No, was, were you trying I to make those just, type of decisions? Yeah, a little bit. But I was I was just done transition year. So, okay. so yeah. So you played golf for the year and then... Uh... Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, switch helped, no I think. No harm. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, it was kind of, that was the summer that... Um, I was really, really looking at colleges. I was being recruited by a lot of, like when I was going around playing in Europe, um, I was being recruited by a few um, colleges. So, and then honestly, the timing of that win couldn't have come at a better time. Um, it nice. really, because it helped. I actually got on Wagger because of it. I wasn't on the world rankings before that. And since like the whole point system was working since I was new to it and I played kind of well that summer that I just shot up. Like it was world 88th when the time all the college offers were coming in. And I was like, this, this is just good timing. So that, that's um, golf thing as well from people like from a lot of people I speak to, whoever, like David Carey or you know, Rona Milani and, and like whoever's doing the podcast, timing is like half the game in, in golf yeah. in terms of form and timing in terms of yeah. events. You, you you casually slipped in there. All you know when I was playing around Europe as a 17-year-old, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh? So yeah. is that down to um, like monster panels and then getting on to Irish teams? Was that the kind of road you took? Yeah, like I started off in Munster and then I uh, think the first Irish team I was on, it was an under 14 panel and I got brought over to the English under 16s. That was yeah. the first Irish panel I got put on. Um, I, then I got to put on a few more under 16 uh, teams um, going to play against Wales and stuff like that and then I got my first under 18 cap in 2018 I think that's okay we don't need to be too exact this 2017 is, this is, yeah I'm <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, run scenario here don't worry too much um, about it <laughs> but then um yeah but, but being brought around Europe by the teams going to like European teams and stuff like that but then my dad brought me to a lot of events as well uh like the German girls and stuff like that okay so playing in events like that what does that do 
in a team environment, I suppose it is quite high pressure, you know, you're representing a country. Mm-hmm. How does that reflect then when you go back and play individual tournaments like the Irish Cross after it? Um, I feel like with the team and you, like you obviously have the added pressure, but it's always so nice that you have the team around you too. Uh, like the girls that I grew up playing golf with, like um, we're still all really good friends. So I think um, that kind of helped in that sense. But going back and playing individual then is, it's obviously just that little bit less pressure because it's just yourself. And if you don't do well, it's just, it's all on you and you don't have to like worry about anything about the team. But um honestly it's not that much for me it's not that big of a difference because I still want to perform all the time you know 100% I was thinking like whenever I would play team golf at a much lower level than your good self um <laughs> like holding hole a five foot putt or three foot putt for Le Hinch meant a whole lot more than like the medal on it the medal in September so it made that yeah. putt for the medal in September easier it was like I've done this in a high pressure environment. Yeah, so exactly. Cool. So you won the close. You got the ranking. The timing was great in terms of offers. So what was the what was the reason you went to the states? Like, was it like I'm going to go all in on this golf now, and I'm going to play the LPGA tour, and this is my path to that, or was there other reasons? No, that was the reason, but I kind of, I decided. That's a great that reason, was, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic reason. <laughs> yeah, I but I decided on that when I was about 14, 15. Um, I, like I was seeing Leona over at Duke. I was seeing Olivia going to ASU and I was like, this, that's exactly what I want to do. Um, so that was always plan A um, to keep, to go over to America and keep that dream alive. So um it would, that was honestly it was all just like stepping stones. Like that was definitely um always gonna be the plan for me. No, really good. So like I anyone who asked me, oh, should I go away for a job or should I go like should I move up the country from like Gary <laughs> to Dublin is a big deal. So like Douglas <laughs> to Miami is a big, big shift in terms of you're thousands of miles away from your family, you've no friends yet. Uh the food's different. The weather's different. Like, what was that like for you? Were you were you homesick? Did you almost move home? Um, you tell me. No, I never almost moved home, to be fair. But obviously, uh, my experience is kind of a little bit different than a lot of others because my first semester was August 2020, which was right oh, smack bam in the middle of COVID. Um, so I got shipped off from Dublin airport by myself because my parents were not allowed to get into America because of the whole COVID restrictions. So my visa let me in, but no one else could come with me. Landed in the airport, had to get an Uber to some random hotel to quarantine in for two weeks. Um, and then quarantine for two weeks, I went on to campus and basically no one was there because it was all online anyway. Oh my God. um, and there was no golf, no nothing. Like I, but I decided that my first semester wasn't going to be in Cork, like online. I did not want that. I said, look, I may as well be locked up in Miami than locked up in Cork. So, um, to be honest, thinking back, it was probably a bit of a blessing in disguise. I really got to, it made it made me grow up. One first of all, uh, it made me come really um independent and be able to do stuff for myself. And then I was able. Did to you make your own dinners before you left? Did you practice like? Did Mammy have you practicing <laughs> making pastas and lasagnas and stuff that last a week? 
<laughs> to be fair, my last year in school, I was, me and my sister did a lot of the, my mom and dad went over to Spain for a while and me and my sister were left at home. So I was, I was pretty okay in the cooking department. <laughs> <laughs> Decent. Because my mother's a home economics teacher, so we baked or cooked nothing growing up. So when I, when I went to college in Cork, I could barely make toast. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's all about pasta. That's all you have to make. You'll be fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what was the, because I, I ask these questions for anyone like contemplating or thinking about going to college. So like that was possibly the hardest semester or time you put down in college. So because you're in year three now, right? Or yeah, four. I'm in year, yeah. Uh, no, I'm in year three. Yeah. 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 Uh, definitely the first year. Um, first semester like semester one of first year was like a little bit weird because of COVID and everything and there was no golf and it was all just a bit messed up um but the second semester like all the team came back and um we had like a golf season again but it's very difficult just to be able to manage everything um and like learning how to like cope with not playing well and trying to get it back and doing like online coaching with like Fred back in Cork and it was just like it's like a learning so it's just you just have to like go through it and learn and experience it what's the pressure like is it really focused on and I know it's dependent on the team and depending on what coach you have but at Miami then if anyone thinks about oh Miami you know stairs on Miami I wonder what that's like mm-hmm. um is this is it your own personal approach like that that time off, I, I need to I need to shoot like four five hundred all the time or did you go to a learning curve where like shooting a bad score is okay? I, I learned a lot out of that. Or is is the pressure all on just performance and school as well? Yeah. Um, it's a kind of a little bit of both. Um, obviously it's very it's like intense in the fact that you're trying to make the team, so you have to shoot good scores. If you're not shooting good scores, you're gonna be left behind. And it's just um, and then but I think my we switched coaches but my old coaches my first year like they knew we were trying our best so we weren't really um punished that badly if we're shooting back yeah, it's not like the like coach out of um all or nothing another basketball coach and all or nothing like, <laughs> yeah. it's not like him like screaming at lads yeah no we don't <laughs> as well i feel like they know not to do that to girls i feel like it's probably not the best thing um but yeah no it, but if you if you're not performing or not playing well it can it is intense because you're they're paying for you to go to school there they're like and they're there's a certain expectation on what performance you should be like so um it's it's not explicitly like said in a way but it's kind of just the expectation it's the culture you have it's you have to perform so I'll ask a two-part question. We're trying. We're trying to remember to answer. I'll try to remember to answer to get both answers. One is, how do you deal with that now, year three versus year one? That kind of expect expectation of performance. How, how do you deal with it now? What have you learned to say? I feel compared to year one and now, I feel like I don't put as much pressure or um on myself or just on one round. I kind of more see it as kind of a long journey. Like this is just, again, my end goal isn't just to be a division one golfer. And I think I really just have to remember that and that this is just a stepping stone for the future for what I want in my end goal. So, um, but I feel like it was like 
life or death when it came to every single shot and every single round compared to and it just was it was just too much pressure on every single shot it was just mentally draining my first year and now I'm slowly starting to like just be like it's okay like just level it all out again so between the between your own coaches there maybe some self-help books or maybe through the high performance team with Ireland but have you a couple of tools that you know use to get in that mindset or to keep that approach because we're human? So we're always going to go back to, Jesus, I should have hit that seven iron 161 yards and I hit 166. Now I'm in the water, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> have you a couple of tools that are now in the, in, in the toolkit for you to keep you on, on that strong mental mindset, I suppose? Yeah, like I feel we just got new coaches this year and the new assistant coach, um, he's helped me out a little bit, kind of just like if um, I'm on the course and I do make a mistake or whatever, it's, he's just there like, it's okay, everyone makes mistakes, like no one has perfect rounds and I think I'm like really getting into that mindset that like, you're not going to hit every shot perfect, it's it's a, like it's all about what, the next shot, it's like everything kind of like that, so that's kind of it really. I actually saw, like, in terms of people giving out to themselves, and self-talk is big, and, like, I've, I've tracked, like, Gary Hurley with the last, like, six years, and on his pockets, there's all, like, self-talk, because he's well able to hit the ball, as you can see, in the last six months, yeah. there's all self-talk. Sure. And, like, I just saw it on fucking Instagram this week about Tiger Woods in, like, 01. I don't know it's from 100 yards or 150 yards, but he missed the green a fifth or maybe a quarter of the time. Tiger Woods in 01, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't feel so bad now when I miss the green by a country mile uh, from 100 yards. <laughs> Dimitri, what is, um, what do you do for fun? Um, I love to... I mean, have fun now, Sarah. Jesus Christ, you're from, you're from Cork. <laughs> no. no, I love to just, when I'm in Miami and stuff, I love to just like relax, go to like the beach with my friends and just like be a normal college student for a while um and that's honestly I feel like it's so intense that when I do just have time to just chill out I just want to just chill and I want to just be with my friends and like stuff like that because I there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into golf and everything and spending so much time away that I just want to be around people um on my off time absolutely how do you manage your time then because like a lot of people like Kids playing loads of sports, teenagers playing loads of sports, or girls or women and men, or whatever you want to call them, his, hers, she, he, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like they're really busy with jobs or with college, with sports. How do you map your time to make sure your GPA needs to be a certain level so you can, you're yeah. <laughs> eligible to play? Right? Eligible to play. Yeah. And then get your practice in and it's performance practice. How, how do you, like, how do you map out your week? Well, when I'm in college, there, the like our college, like we'll have workouts in the morning, and then we go to practice, and then when we come back from practice, you have class. So it's like my weeks are fairly like rigidly planned, ex- um, exactly down to the minute, pretty much. Um, yeah. And then seven a.m. Where 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 these clothes? Exactly. Bring this protein this- shake. <laughs> Yeah, it's like this is our workout clothes for today. You have to wear that and be here for seven a.m. um for workouts, and then come back and then have a little bit of breakfast and go straight to practice. Um, but I feel when you're this like you, 
I think a lot of people know how much work you need to put in to be at a top level. And I think if you want to be at that top level, you just have to put in that hours and put in that work and be very disciplined in your timing and what you do. And that's just what has to be done. Absolutely. Like I heard a story about John Murphy this year and he was playing challenge tour. And sure, if everyone from the outside looking at your average punter like like me or whatever, we're looking, oh, he's on the challenge tour, like he's making it, he's playing unreal. And uh, mm-hmm. I heard a story that John Murphy on challenge tour, not only was he playing unreal and and having a great time, he was in loads of the January, loads of the um, you know, the challenge tour socials this year. Yeah, I think it's the yeah. I think it's the red hair. It's the red hair, I think. Um <laughs> but I heard that John Murphy was the first in the range every morning, all week, and the last leave in the evenings. And lo and behold, John Murphy's got his European tour card this year. So yeah. when you go back to it's it's about the graft. Everybody knows the, the graft. So it's for a reason. And there's a there's a reason, I suppose, that the college is putting like that the college system in the States or university system, the collegiate system, is very results orientated because that is the reason I suppose players are coming out from the college system in the States and they're competing on tour. Because yeah. When you go to doer, it's it is results based or you're out. Out, and that's it. Yeah. So is that what you think about when when you get feedback or constructive feedback during the week? Like this, are you able to take it in and go, "This is prepping me for when I'm out on my own, and I have to make up mm-hmm. my own routine, and I have to figure out my own gym clothes to wear exactly. on a Tuesday morning at seven? Is that how you look at it, or are you kind of realizing that now into third and, and senior year next year? No, that's kind of how I look at it. Like I know that. Um, everything I do kind of now is really kind of starting to become really important for the next year and a half and after what after what happens like when I graduate college and stuff and I'm really just trying to like um, meet people and like network with people and then um, and just like learn for what I need to do when I go out because college I feel like we're very lucky in this fact that like when we go to college trips like we just all we have to do is show up to the airport with our packed bag and our um passports everything's already taken care of like you just get in your flight you land they they have the rental car they bring you to get food like they have the hotel sorted like and it's we're very much lucky in the fact that everything gets done for us um and I know that as soon as I leave college and start trying to get it back I get out on tour it's that's going to be a very different picture um so I think I'm just kind of learning and trying to um know what to do and how to like prepare properly so I don't have to do that on top of learning how to be out on tour. 100%. How good was it coming back to Ireland this summer with a full, or, or this year, with a full like golf season to look forward to? Because it's been kind of curtailed the last couple of years until this year. How good was that for you this year? Yeah, um, it was great. Like obviously coming off a spring season in um, college is I took the first two weeks when I got home just like relax chill out get jet lag off but then as soon as those two weeks of relaxing um, were up I was really ready just to go and compete again um, but it's it's a little bit different in the fact that I've spent so much time traveling with the team to start traveling individually again and yeah. it's a different it's a different feeling it's it's very strange to get back into it but I always love going back and playing the summer season around Ireland, around Europe and everything like that. I think it's great fun. And um, I always love looking forward to like European teams and home internationals because they're always great fun weeks. Home internationals this year, was that the first time it was on the same week and same venue as the as the men's internationals? Was this the yeah, first that, year they were like together? Yeah that, that, yeah, that was the first year, yeah. 
What was that like as a player? Because you played in previous years, I think when they were in separate places. So what was yeah. the difference this year? Did you see a difference? Did you feel a difference team-wise or environment-wise? Um, yeah, it was great crack. We had great fun with everyone. But I think it was it was like weird because we were like set out like every second one. So like the men would tee off and then a woman would tee off and a man would tee off. And it was just a bit weird like that as, as well as kind of like, because they were like, you still had the women's section and the men's section, but then you had the combined section. So I think there was just a, like a lot going on points-wise, like trying to figure out like where we were standing all the time. But um, it was great fun. Like, I think the men's game is very different. So it's always like very fun to go out and watch them play as well. You went back then to the Hurricanes. And is it your best your best result before you came back for Christmas? That's the best result there in the Hurricane Invitational? Sixth? Mm, tight, tight sixth, yeah. 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 So bad is that like pretty strong year for, for Miss Byrne then? So what, what's the outlook yeah. for, for next year? What are the two uh, or three things that you'd like to accomplish next year? Obviously just build on that, get better than a tight sixth. Um, but I kind of, I have goals obviously and what I want, and but I kind of as well just like to, not that I don't have any expectations, but it's just trying to go out there and, not be pressurized as well just to try and play golf and again just try and not it's not life or death every result or every round and every shot so um obviously I'm hoping to have an even better season than what I had like this fall season was pretty consistent kind of 20th to 30th um around that position wise so I obviously just want to build on that and hopefully just keep making slow progressions up there that's what that's what this bloody game is all about. Small and it's always exactly. small, slow progression, isn't it? Yeah. I'm gonna ask you a question I've actually I just thought of. And I've never asked anyone this question, right? It's not personal, don't worry. Well, it's like okay. I need to add this question to the list. <laughs> okay. So in terms of prepping for a round, I've never asked that question. So how does Sarah Byrne, let's say your tea time is a nice one, it's like 9 30 in the morning. So it's not like okay. 7 10. Yeah. <laughs> right. 9 30 tea time. What's your favorite golf course? What's my favorite golf course? Yeah. Lynch. Oh, stop. Like, <laughs> you're, talking to, actually... you're talking to the right person. So. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So, Lynch, 9.30. Uh, is there women's course on this year? I'm not sure. I have to reach yes, out the calendar. It's, in, it's all in Connemara this year. So, you're playing Lynch, 9.30. What time do you wake up and then right up to the tea time? So that people can learn, you know, how to, yeah. how to prep and yeah. what to eat. And is it porridge or frosties? Probably porridge for, Good. um, just before the round. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I always like work backwards from, so if it's 930, that means I want to be at the golf course at around like 820, like arriving okay. to like, and then, so that means like, if I'm 10 minutes away, it means I need to leave like 810. So that means I want to be like eating breakfast at like, 7.45. Yeah, that's cool. And then we get up, I don't know, 7.20, whatever. Okay. Um, so would you do mobility when you get up? Or, or like movement work? Or I would you do that at 8.20? I, I do that at 8.20 when I get there, like 10 minutes straight into the locker room, stretch out, mobility work, have a few things, like stretch out the back, the hips, the hamstrings. There's a space now in the indoor academy next time you're down. Perfect. <laughs> With uh, foam rollers and medicine balls and everything. And stretchy bands. Oh, ideal. Perfect. 
Perfect. Last time was Lynch, so <laughs> if you're playing Lynch, you'd need to allow an extra ten minutes for Box Corner and Ennis Diamond. Because if there's a if there's a coach going around that bend, you're goosed and you'll be there okay. 15, 20 minutes. Right? <laughs> That's all I gotta all say. <laughs> um but yeah, after I'd stretch in the locker room, I'd I go putting first, um, do technical work a little bit and then kind of gauge out the greens um for about 20 minutes then go to the range, warm up on the range. And then I kind of like to finish on the range about like 20 minutes before my tee time and then go back and maybe hit one or two more putts and then go straight to the tee. Have you, have you preferred first tee ball flight? Honestly, no, because I feel like all the holes are different. <laughs> so it's like always... <laughs> um, Always trying to figure it out. <laughs> like I do. I've I've a car park first tee swing, right? <laughs> so I've no time, and I'm rocking. I'm literally. I did this in Portmanic things a couple weeks ago. I was, but three minutes late for me tea time. Rock running down, playing with Paul McKenney and a couple of other lads. I running down and I was like no warm up. Few few swings of a stretchy band as the three other lads teed off ahead of me, and it's a it's a necky it's it's a necky cut goes about two thirty. That's stock. <laughs> No, no, no warm up, no nothing. That, that's the only shot that I can consistently pull out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst shot to have. It's not the worst shot. Not the worst shot. I've, I found it's a, a, a little cut or fade. Generally, in most golf courses in Ireland, keeps you out of trouble. Uh, well, yeah, the ones exactly. I play anyway. The ones I play. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Sarah Byrne, quick fire Q and A. Are you ready? Okay. This is the hardest question of them all because some people don't prepare. Because it's, yeah. it's the only question to prepare. What would your walk-on song be? It would be Can't Hold Us, Macklemore. Jim. Jim or pizza? Jim. You can say pizza, it's Christmas time if you want. <laughs> well, I actually can't really have pizza, so I'm slightly gluten intolerant. So oh, are you? Okay. Jim. <laughs> Jim it is. I asked, I told my daughter, my daughter's two and a half. I called her this morning. I'm going to the gym. And she goes, Who's Jim? There you go. Um, hat visor, hat visor or bucket hat? Visor. I have one for you. Uh, give me your address and I'm going to take care of that. Uh, Happy Gilmore or Tim Cup? Happy Gilmore. Walker Cart. Curse. Oh, Sarah. <laughs> I know. You've been in you've been in Miami too long. You've been in Miami yes, too long, girl. Uh win the it used to be the Wheat Wheatipix women's open. Win the open or win the Evian trophy. The open. Is uh, is it going next year to get into the Anwa? Fingers crossed, won't happen this March, but hopefully maybe the year after. Let's go first. Uh Instagram or Twitter. Ooh. That's a tough one because they're very they're two very different things. <laughs> uh we're gonna go Instagram. I need to add TikTok to that question. That question is like three years old. That question yeah. predates TikTok, I think. <laughs> so Instagram, TikTok or Twitter. There we Oh, I spend too much time on TikTok. So but I <laughs> but still Instagram. <laughs> play or practice. Mm, play. Very good. Um, this podcast will go on after Christmas. So I'm going to ask you this question as if it's Christmas because you're home. 
um, Christmas, like you've had Christmas dinner with the family and everything, right? And then, and then Stephen's Day, it's like the Sarah Byrne Invitational candlelit dinner, and you can have whoever you want okay. at it. So you're yeah. at the top of the table here, and you've three people down the right, you've three people down the left. Who are they? Real dead fictional Tinker Bell. You can have whoever you want at it. Um, number one will be Tiger Woods, obviously. Um, how many people do I have? You five more. Five more. Okay, Tiger Woods. Um. Ooh. We're going to say Nelly Corda, but then we're going to get off golfers, I have a feeling. Um, what else? Max Verstappen. I want to hear from him. Formula One. Um, He's not aggressive. He's not aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the right hand side. Tiger, Nelly, Maxi. Yeah. Who else have we? We can go with... Tom Cruise. He'll bungee. He'll, he'll what's this? Yeah. He'll bungee jump into the yeah. into Skydive into the sea. Yeah, Skydive to the to the Velux. Yeah. Um. What else have we? Two more. That's Tiger, you. Nelly, Max Verstappen, Tom Cruise. Who else? This is a tough question now to say because there's so many people. <laughs> I know. I know. Because like um, family is dead for the day before. Yeah, really? so it's like so family it, just don't, it, they it, don't have done that. Yeah. Um, let me see. Mm, we are going to go with Messi because just because it's just one more cup. <laughs> he'll he'll have something for the centerpiece of the table anyway. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just be able to say I didn't know let Messi wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> One more. You know we're gonna go Roy McIlroy, because of course. Bless. Sarah Byrne, thank you very much for your time. Really insightful into like the like life in college, and how you prepare for a round. So that's a new question. So you can say. I've got one thing on this. I, I, I've done a first one for that one. Thank you very much. Have, have a great Christmas, even though this has gone after Christmas. And uh, she will see you in the summertime. You will. Thanks very much. So that was Sarah Byrne. Really, really insightful discussion into life in the States on a golf scholarship. And also, there's the whole part of the education piece that lots of people forget about. So Sarah Byrne is in the University of Miami, um, the Miami Dolphin herself. But uh, yeah, really good chat into really behind the scenes of what it takes and what a strong mindset you need to have if you're looking to enter that environment. I know there's lots of teenagers and people in their early 20s looking stateside for not just golf scholarships, but I saw lately for NFL, for kicking, which was fantastic on Instagram. But um, really great to hear about how Sarah's progressing. I think big things are coming this year. So stay tuned to Miss Byrne and her progression. I know I will. And I'll be sharing it as I see it. So if you liked today's episode, if you liked today's episode, can I talk today? Uh, please do leave a review. Uh, on, you can do that on Apple and Spotify and on Google Podcasts as well. So please do do that. If you want to come on the show, I'm looking to get some listeners together just to have a chat around golf in general. 
If you want to get involved, you know where I live. Slide into the DMs or email paddy at paddytalksgolf.com. Check out more episodes at the website, paddytalksgolf.com. There's a newsletter there to sign up to. We're organizing events. We're organizing loads of stuff this year. Hangouts, maybe a little trip to the Macri. If that's your if that's your style, please do get involved. But we have another good show lined up for next week. It's with uh, Mark Ruddy, general manager. So if you're looking to find out what your GM is doing or could be doing or you know what goes on behind the scenes at a golf club or if that's the line of work you're looking to get into, maybe you're not a scratch golfer but you love golf, you know, I get into it. It's a really good episode to figure out you know, if that's side of a golf club entails. So that's next week. It's Mark Ruddy. And yeah, I'll see you the same bad time, same bad channel. Until we teed up again soon, I'm Paddy. <laughs>